Jets win in overtime. He's got him. He's got him. Tyreek Hill. Fournette. Touchdown. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Episode 11 of the Off the Bench podcast. The recap of the wild card, super wild card weekend of the NFL. Sorry for the delay. I'm back at school now, so a lot of uh, time management. So the episode, today's Wednesday, January 18th is when you're hearing this episode. Remember, if you have any questions, to submit them to either the YouTube channel, the Instagram account, or email them to offthebenchpodcast34 at gmail.com. Let's start off with Saturday's games. We had two games on Saturday. First one, the Seahawks at the 49ers. 49ers came in as 10-point favorites, I believe, and they win 41-23 to with Brock Purdy. He's been looking pretty good. 332 yards, three touchdowns. CMC catching one of them, along with 119 yards on the ground. Debo with a great game back. Six catches, 133 yards, and a toddy. Then the Niners' defense locked up. They had three sacks, a pick, and a fumble recovery. They outplayed the Seahawks in this game. Defense did their job, offense did their job, and they win by 18. So they move on, and they're playing the Cowboys now this next round. And then the Saturday game, one of the great comebacks in NFL history, the Chargers at visiting the Jaguars. Chargers go up 27-0. Me, myself, I know many of y'all listen to this. We're probably thinking the same thing. This game's over. The Chargers, they look like real contenders. And just like that, they collapsed like an old bridge. Just fell right apart. And the Jags steal the game 31-30. to They started off pretty bad. Trevor Lawrence looked really bad. He had four picks, four in the first half. Then goes into halftime, makes whatever you want to call them adjustments, and he finishes the game with 288 yards and four touchdowns. ETN had 109 on the ground, and all four of those touchdowns were to four different guys, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones Jr. From the Chargers' standpoint, they started off really hot. Those interceptions in the beginning were really key to them getting really great field position and then turning those into touchdowns. And then offense in the second half just stalled. Credit to the Jags' defense for really coming out and doing their job, but the Chargers' offense really couldn't do anything. Jags scored points, and maybe it was a mental thing, but yeah, you're up 27-0 and you sell the game like that. Not a good look for you. Obviously now... Chargers made some uh, adjustments with their coaching. I believe they fired their offensive coordinator and someone else very important with their offensive coaching staff, probably because of this game. But the Jags win, and they face the number one seed Chiefs in the divisional. Then we move to Sunday. All three games were very interesting. First one, Dolphins at the Bills. Bills come in, I think they were 10-point favorites too, maybe 12 Everyone thinking, oh, they're going to run away with this game. It's going to be a blowout by the end of the half. And it, from the beginning, it sure looked like it. I think they went up 17-0. And then the Dolphins scored, and they tied it up, I think, at halftime. They either tied it up or were down by one. And they kept with them for the whole game. Skyler Thompson to the Dolphins, I'll give, give you credit, man. Great game from you. I think you defied all expectations. No one, I don't think anyone thought Skyler Thompson was going to play like that. 
But the, the thing that killed the Dolphins was their run game. Literally no run game. You know, Mostert was out with an injury. They had to rely on Jeff Wilson and Ahmed, and they, they couldn't get anything going. Especially with a rookie quarterback, very inexperienced, it was hard for the offense to really get over that hump against the Bills. But then again, the Bills are the Bills. Very good football team. Josh Allen, he had a pretty good game. 352 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Those two picks were really what kept the Dolphins in the game in this one. But they they couldn't get over that hump. The Bills win it 34-31. And they move on in, into a rematch with the Bengals this coming weekend. Then the second game, the Giants at the Vikings. Giants were three-point dogs, underdogs in this game. And they outplayed and outclassed the Vikings. They went 31-24. to Mainly, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley put the offense on their backs, carried them to a victory. 301 yards, two touchdowns for Daniel Jones. He was the leading rusher with 78 yards. Saquon ran in two tutties. Had 56 receiving yards. And then Isaiah Hodgins, who I, I didn't even know he was on the team until a few weeks ago. Eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Big game for him. And then Kirk, not a bad game. 273 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran one in. But, man, Giants defense, they locked up Jefferson. Only from arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Seven catches, 47 yards. They really did their job. They, if they take away Justin Jefferson, then he's really the Vikings' whole offense, and you're, you have a pretty good chance of winning the game, which they did. So I'm happy for the Giants. Even being a Jets fan, happy to see a team like the Giants, who last year, like the Jets, weren't that great. And then this year, again, like the Jets, have a very a great uh, turnaround year with new head coach, Love Dable. He's a dog. I love Brian Dable. I honestly wish he was coaching the Jets, but... I'm happy for the Giants, and I'm certainly rooting for them against the Eagles next weekend. And then the Sunday night game, the Ravens at the Bengals. You had no Lamar for the Ravens. So the Bengals, they were initially six and a half point favorites. I think pregame they jumped up to eight and a half. And this game was also back and forth. Uh, the Bengals start off hot, scored a quick touchdown, burrowed a chase. Then the Ravens stuck right with them. Game was all tied up going into the fourth. And Ravens are on the goal line. And they call for a quarterback sneak. I don't think they are on the one. They might have been on the two. And Hungley tries to jump over the pile. Ball gets knocked away by one of the defensive linemen. Falls right into, uh, I believe it was Sam Hubbard's hands. And he just ran as fast as he could. He took it all the way back to the house. Game changer right there. Puts the Bengals up seven. They have all the momentum. But this game came right down to the final play. And I'm surprised. One thing I noticed in this game was John Harbaugh, he's a great coach. But why don't you use the timeouts? You had two timeouts. After the one play, there's a minute left. Like you're driving down the field trying to score a touchdown. And you have two. And then you don't snap the ball until 30 seconds left. Like just call a timeout. Save the time. You can run more plays. I, I didn't understand it. Game's over, passes in the past. So, yeah, they throw a Hail Mary. I believe James Prochet, if that's how you say his name, almost caught it, but almost isn't good enough. So, Bengals win 24-17. to 
Burrow, 209 yards and a touchdown, ran one in. The one throwing touchdown to Jamar Chase, who's the leading receiver, nine catches, 84 yards, and a tutty. And then Tyler Huntley, he didn't play bad. I think he went out and did as much as he could. 226 yards, two touchdowns, and the pick. And one guy that was frustrated after the game, J.K. Dobbins, who I kind of agree with on the one statement, saying how he should have gotten the ball more, which I think he did, because he had 62 yards on the ground, 43 receiving yards, and receiving touchdown. They should have gave him the ball more. But what I don't like was him, this is the stuff that you keep in private, was him going after saying, if we had Lamar, we would have won the game. It's really kind of throwing Tyler Huntley under the boss, who really played a, a good game to uh, to what expectations were. But really, that's just, I think that's being a bad teammate. I mean, the loss is on a team, not really on one player. It, just, it was just unfortunate that it had to happen there, that fumble covered for a touchdown. But not a very classy act by J.K. Dobbins. I didn't like that. And then the Bengals, like I said before, will play the Bills next round. And then Monday night, Cowboys at the Bucks, very uh, highly anticipated game from fans all around the country. They had the Cowboys as three-point favorites coming in the game. A lot of people were thinking the Bucks were going to win. Bucks were going to cover. I thought so too. Dallas flips the script. Started off slow which in the beginning, didn't think, I'm like, oh, wow, maybe the Bucks win this. And then Dak, after the second drive, after they punted on the first two drives, touchdown to Dalton Schultz, and they just, that's when they flipped the switch and just started going. They went 31-14 to in Tampa. Dak, 305 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Maybe one of his best performances of his career. And Dalton Schultz, seven catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. A great game by him also. Then on the other side, Tampa, the reason why they lost this game, they had no run game. Zero. As a team, listen to this, 12 carries, 52 yards. That's atrocious. If you're thinking you can contend for a Super Bowl, you run the ball for 52 yards. That's, that's, that's bad. Then you have Tom Brady, the GOAT through his a career high 66 passing attempts which is i can't even comprehend that mentally you run the ball 12 times but then you're throwing 66 times it's not a good ratio if you want to win a football game but again tampa they leonard fortnite i think he's his time in tampa is over shot white a, uh, <laughs> a rookie um they couldn't get anything going um but Brady throws for 351 yards, two touchdowns, and the, the pick that he threw, that was very crucial for the Cowboys because it was right in the red zone. I think they were about to score a touchdown. I think they were saying he was trying to throw it away. It didn't look like a good throw away. I didn't know what he was thinking, but it was a pick, and that really changed the game a lot. But then the Cowboys, yeah, they win this, and then they're heading to San Francisco in a rematch of last year's wildcard playoff where the infamous Dak slide with no timeouts effectively ending the game for the Cowboys. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. So, wildcard round is over. We move on to the divisional round. The AFC side of the bracket, the one-seed Kansas City hosting the four-seed Jacksonville, and then the two-seed Buffalo hosting three-seed Cincinnati. And then for the NFC... You have the one-seed Philly hosting the six-seed Giants of New York and the two-seed 49ers hosting the five-seed Cowboys. 
Very interesting to see. Three of the four NFC teams are from the NFC East. Really shows how, remember a few years back, everyone was saying was the NFC East, worst division football, terrible. Look at it now. Just needed a few years, and these teams are all competing for a Super Bowl. I think they could all get it done. Giants maybe need a miracle, but I think Philly and Dallas, yes, certainly legitimate contenders. So we'll move on to this weekend's games. Two games Saturday, the earlier one, the Jags at the number one seed Chiefs. Chiefs open up at eight and a half point favorites. Here's a quick stat. The Chiefs have made the last four AFC Championship games, and they have hosted all four, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stat to show how the Chiefs, you could argue, maybe a dynasty in the making, especially if they win the Super Bowl this year. Could be a dynasty in the making, especially with Mahomes. But again, you got to win. And then the Jags, last time they were in the AFC Championship was the miracle. I wouldn't say miracle. They were a good football team in 2018 when they fell short to the Patriots. And then for Mahomes, in the playoffs in his career, he's averaging 307 yards, two and a half touchdowns. So he's a very effective player in the playoffs, one to look out for. Again, like I said before, the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. Did some research looking at both teams against the spread. In the last 10 games, the Chiefs are 2-7-1 against the spread. That's two times they've covered, seven times they have in one time where it was a push. Then the Jags, 7-2-1 in the last 10 games. So going by these numbers, love the numbers. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Live by that. I'm going to say the Chiefs win. Obviously being at home is a factor, but I think... According to the numbers, the Jags should cover. I think they will cover, but again, you never know. Anything can happen. So Chiefs win, Jags cover at 8.5. Then Saturday night game, the Giants at the Eagles. Again, the Eagles, they, they played, these two teams played twice earlier this year. The Eagles won both these matchups. First one was a blowout. Then the second one was week 18. Where the Eagles, they played all their starters because they had they just needed a win to get the one seed. Giants, they were locked into the is it the five seed? The Giants were locked into the no six seed. Sorry, the Giants were locked into the six seed. So game it was a meaningless game. So they played all their bench players, called up some practice squad guys to give them an opportunity, and they hung in with them. They only lost by six, but Giants were competitive in that game. So I think, again, this game will also be very competitive. Seven and a half. I mean, give it to the one seed. The Eagles have been dominant all year. But, again, we'll look at the facts. Last 10 for the Eagles. They're 3-7 and seven against the spread. The G-Men are 8-2. and two. So I'm going to go by these numbers. Obviously, the Eagles should win at home. I think they will win. I think they're the better football team. But I think the Giants will cover at seven and a half. And then moving on to Sunday, Bengals at the Bills. Bills open up at five-point favorites. Five-point favorites, just had to double-check. Remember, these they were supposed to play before the DeMar Hamlin unfortunate incident. The game, So the game was declared a no contest, so it's like it never happened. That game was supposed to be one of the best of the year. That's what people were anticipating. So this one, I think, again, could be one of the best games of the year. Um, 
you see, we'll go, we'll look at the numbers. So the Bills in the last ten are four and six against the spread. Bengals are seven two and one, but the Bills are at home. The last game they were they were supposed to play, they were in Cincy. Now they're at home, which playing in Buffalo to win in Buffalo is really hard. I think the Bills are going to win. I think the Bills will beat the Bengals in this one. As much I I love the Bengals, I, I would say they're my second favorite team behind the Jets. Jets are clearly number one, but I I rooted for the Bengals last year. Lo- I love their young core. I love Burrow. I love Chase. I love Higgins. Love that team. I don't think they can win in Buffalo. So I'm going to give the Bills winning, and I'm going to have the Bills cover at minus five. But I would not be surprised if the Bengals somehow flip the script and win in some some dramatic way. Maybe it's a game-winning field goal. Who knows? The Bengals, they got a lot of tricks up their sleeves. But I'm taking the Buffalo win and for Buffalo to cover. But again, look out for a Cincinnati upset. And then the Sunday, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a night game. I'd say evening game. It's at around 6 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday. The Cowboys at the Niners, a rematch from last year in the wild card round. As I mentioned before, when Dak slid and that wasted a lot of time, couldn't snap the ball off in time, and the Niners win and move on to the, the divisional where they would beat the Packers in dramatic fashion off that block paw and then obviously lose to the Rams in the conference championship but alright we'll look at this the all time series between the Niners and the Cowboys the Cowboys lead at 19 with 19 wins 18 losses 1 tie however Niners are hot right now I'll give Brock Purdy credit he, he's doing his job but he's surrounded by arguably the best team in the league top-tier talent all around him. You got CMC, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle on offense, and the defense, they're they're the best in the league. 11-game win streak for the Niners. They're 8-1 at home. Cowboys are 4-4 four four on the road. And then we'll look at the numbers again. In the last 10, the Niners are 8-2 against the spread. The Cowboys are 4-5-1 against the spread. Oh, I don't think I mentioned it. The Niners are 3.5-point favorites at home against the boys. So the Niners are hot. I'm going to keep riding with their hot streak. I'm going to take the Niners win and cover at three and a half. And then we'll move on to the picks of the week. Really the ones, all the ones I just mentioned before, the spreads. I'm going to take the Jags plus eight and a half against the Chiefs. The Giants plus seven and a half against the Eagles. I'll take the Bills minus five against the Bengals. And then the 49ers minus three and a half versus the Cowboys. Those are my picks of the week. Uh, we don't have any questions, but I'm gonna dive deeper into the playoff bracket now. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it from here. I'm gonna predict the Super Bowl champion from here, so it's on the record. So, cause I don't want to do it like conference championship. Oh, I think they're going to Super Bowl. I'm gonna do it from right here. I think from the divisional round is perfect. So I'm gonna go with my winners: Chiefs beat the Jaguars, Bills beat the Bengals, then Eagles beat the Giants, Niners beat the Cowboys. So those four teams are playing in their respective conference championships. I, I'd i love for Buffalo to win. So in this situation, this hypothetical situation, right, if Kansas City and Buffalo play in the conference championship, they're playing in Atlanta at a neutral site. 
If it wasn't, it'd be in Kansas City, which I would give the Chiefs clear favorites to win. But if it's at a neutral site, I think it's really anyone's game, especially we saw last year with that crazy crazy ending. They had to change the overtime rules because of that. I'll give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt in a neutral site. I think they could beat Buffalo. Mahomes is playing arguably better than last year without Tyreek Hill. I think they're a better football team than last year. I'm going to take them to beat the Bills. And then Niners-Eagles in Philly. I'm going to ride with the Niners. They're hot right now. So we're going to get a rematch of the Super Bowl two years ago of the Chiefs and the Niners. See, this is where it gets tough because you like you like the story where you have the rookie, the Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy comes in and leads his team to a Super Bowl victory, which would be crazy, a story for many years to come. But then you have Patrick Mahomes, arguably, if he keeps playing the way he is, he'll be a top quarterback of all time, arguably. We'll see what happens. My heart, my heart want, would want the Niners to win this game, just for that story of Purdy stepping in when Trey Lance gets hurt, Jimmy G gets hurt. He's Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, playing with a chip on his shoulder, wins the team a Super Bowl. But my brain is going Kansas City. I think they're a better, they're a better team. I don't know. It's tough, oh, man, because you got two great coaches, Andy Reid, one of the best, and Shanahan, who's from the Shanahan coaching tree, has produced many great current NFL coaches right now. I'm going to go with Niners. I'm going to take the Niners to win the Super Bowl. That's my prediction right now. It's going to be Niners, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Niners win in a close one. They should have won the first one. I think they get their revenge back in this game. But that's my prediction from now, and I'm going to ride with it until the Super Bowl, and we'll see what happens. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm sorry for not dropping it yesterday. I'm back at college now. Time's important, so I got to dedicate that time to school first. But I I had more time to record today, so that's why I'm doing it right now on January Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Remember, if you have questions that you would like me to answer, you can submit them to the Instagram account, you could comment them on the YouTube of this video or email them to offthebenchpodcast34 at gmail.com. Thank you all of you again for watching. I hope you all have a great rest of your week and I'm excited for this divisional weekend. Thanks.